Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is That Betting Show here on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Alex Gould with you for the next hour, and then we'll hand things off to Chris Kleiman for the K-State Coaches Show or on the K-State Sports Network. They got a big game coming up this weekend. Look, every game in the Big 12 at this point in time is big for, for everybody, certainly if you're Kansas State in the position that you're in. Coming off a loss to TCU, they will get the Oklahoma State Cowboys coming up this weekend. The Wildcats, one-and-a-half-point favorites. Of course, Adrian Martinez banged up, looking more and more like it's going to be Will Howard. So we'll talk some college football a little bit later on in the show. You guys know the format by now. You can hit us up on the Jay Southland Toast Service text line, 913-586-7610. We'll get to the Goldilocks at the end of the show. See if keep this momentum going. Four and zero in the NFL last week, and the goalie locks three and one in college football. So we're around sixty four percent or so for the NFL season, sixty percent for the NFL. Let's see if we can build on a little bit of the momentum we got going the last couple of weeks. I'm excited to have Matt Peralt from Props.com join us here in about fifteen minutes or so. I crossed paths with Matt. Uh, back when I was working down in Houston uh, for radio network down there, he's been out in Las Vegas though, long before it became a state issue when it comes to legalizing sports wagering. He's got great insight on how we should attack what has now been a rough first seven weeks of the NFL season from a public perspective. Okay. So do you need to overreact to that? Should you just be, blindly fading the public when it comes to betting. We'll get his perspective when it comes to that. And also his thoughts, not only on the NFL, but the world series game, one of the world series tomorrow night, you got the Phillies, of course, down in Houston for game one, it'll be Verlander and Nola on the bump. And the Astros have been cruising so far here in the postseason. The Phillies, the great story. It's funny that I say a great story. They still have a payroll of uh, towards the top in all of major league baseball, but they still have been a, a great story in terms of coming out of nowhere uh, and firing their manager early on in the season. And now they find themselves in the World Series. And Bryce Harper is your MVP favorite at a lot of books. So we'll get into some baseball with Matt Peralt coming up in just a little bit as well. Thursday night football, 15 minutes away. Baltimore in Tampa taking on the Bucks, And there has been a ton of line movement for this game. Within the last 15 minutes, I've seen multiple books now have it at two and a half. Baltimore uh, is now a two and a half point underdog tonight against the Bucks. Now, I got the Bucks at minus one and a half a little bit earlier on uh, in the day. It's all the way up to two and a half. The total is now steady around 46 and a half. And if the Bucks lose tonight, Tom Brady would be two games under 500 for the first time in his NFL career. That's just wild to think about. 23 years, right? He's the, the greatest quarterback of all time. And this guy has a chance now for the first time in his career to go under 500. Of course, he's trying to avoid that. And I hope he does as well, because I'll give you my bets for Thursday night football. We can get into some of the specifics. We'll take a look also at the trends here to the midway point of the season. And what I mentioned, the betting public is off to its worst NFL start in 20 years. And the reason behind that with these underdogs and all that, but I do want to start with just my favorite bets for the night. When it comes to Thursday night football, as we always tell you, you can fade or follow however you would like. Uh, look, the under 46 and a half. We've talked a ton about unders in primetime, especially on this Thursday night slot, right? The under is hitting at 76% of the time in the last 21 Thursday night football games. The Thursday night football unders since 2020 are hitting at a 63% clip, 22 and 13. And this season, Thursday night football towards the under is five and two. This number, as long as you didn't get it earlier in the week below 44 and a half or 45, 
I, I like it at under 46 and a half. That's what I'm on tonight for a couple reasons. Not only the trends, and we've talked about trends. You can't just blindly follow trends, but we certainly like trends on this show. Both teams right now are top eight in pass defense when you're looking at some of the metrics like DVOA, for example. So despite the struggles for both of these teams at times, pass defense is actually held up, which might surprise you, especially on the Ravens end. The other side is, all right, I know about Tampa Bay. Right, Tom Brady, typically, right, he doesn't get sacked. He's historically gotten the ball out quicker than just about any other quarterback in the league. That's a good thing, right? You're avoiding the sack, and his offensive line this year has all these issues. The problem with that is they can't push the ball downfield. They, they struggle to push the ball downfield. Right now, Tom Brady is pacing to have a career low and average target per pass, depth per target around under eight yards right now, and yards per completion in turn, of course, is pacing very low, under nine yards per completion for him. So they're just not pushing the ball deep. We all saw the highlight of the first drive of the game last week with the Bucks and the Panthers, right, where Mike Evans just dropped the touchdown. I'm still convinced that game goes completely differently. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm selfish because I did have the Bucks in my Survivor League, and that one stung to say the least. But I really do think that game goes a little bit differently if they connect on that pass to open it up against the Panthers. So they're just not getting a lot of deep opportunities in the passing game. I mentioned the trends. You couple it together. I look at the Ravens who, believe it or not, their quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who was looking like an MVP quarterback the first uh, four, five, four weeks of the season, five weeks of the season, we started to see him kind of slow down just a little bit and some struggles. Now, the good news for them, Mark Andrews, Gus Edwards, looking like they're going to play in tonight's game. But I am on the under 46 and a half. I am on the Bucks though, at minus one and a half. I mentioned the line movement, right? So you take a look, and I think if you're viewing the Tampa Bay Bucks in this spot, your, your logic should not just be like, oh, they're due, right? I mean, I, I don't subscribe to that philosophy typically when it comes to this. Yeah, they've, they've lost multiple games in a row. I just mentioned Tom Brady has never been under 500 by two games in his 23-year NFL career. Um, but I like the Bucs tonight at, at minus one and a half. I think this is a spot where if the Bucs are willing to pass the football a little bit more than what they have in the past this season, I think they have some opportunities here. They want to run the ball. like that. That is clear. They have, they have desperately tried to run the football, and they have failed at it for the most part. And I think if they're willing to actually differ from that now that they've lost a couple games in a row, I think there's some opportunities still in the short passing game, which is why, if you notice, my next couple of bets that I do like tonight uh, for this Thursday night football game involve the running backs for the Tampa Bay Bucks. So Rashad White, plus 280, anytime touchdown, one touchdown on the year, but the Ravens have allowed the sixth most receiving yards to running backs this season. That's why I also like White's over 20 and a half receiving yards. He's gone over that total twice this year as well. So those are the two bets that I like involving White, uh, the, the backup running back there for the Tampa Bay Bucks, and then Leonard Fournette. Lenny, over 27 and a half receiving yards. I've seen this has gone up to as high as 29 and a half in some spots as well, but he's gone over the 27 and a half four times this year, four out of the last five weeks. And I think there's an opportunity for the backs to actually, because of what I mentioned with Tom Brady, and he's getting the ball out so quickly, he hasn't had enough time to push the ball down the field. He's, he's posting career lows and average tar- depth per target. All of that, I think, bodes well to take a couple shots at these running backs tonight when it comes to the prop market for Thursday night football. So that's kind of where I'm at. And as always, uh, anytime touchdown bets, uh, this is just I can tell you where the public is at and where at least the most popular anytime touchdown bets of the night are. 
So I told you I'm, I'm on white for an anytime touchdown. It's not one of the popular ones tonight. Uh, but Mike Evans, plus 125. He's the most popular anytime touchdown score over at BetMGM tonight. Leonard Fournette, the second most popular, minus 120. Gus Edwards, the running back who's coming off an injury. Looks like he's a go tonight, though. Plus 140. And then Lamar Jackson, of course, that has to be a rushing touchdown. He's plus 180. And then Chris Godwin, receiver that's just been banged up off and on for the Bucks. He is the fifth most popular anytime touchdown uh, bet tonight at plus 145. So that's just kind of my thoughts and layout for Thursday night football tonight. Uh, Julio and I always talk about the, the unders for these primetime games. And of course has been the story of this football season. The other story though, unfortunately, depending on how you've been betting is the public off to their worst start in 20 years for an NFL season, right? What's the, what, what's the reasoning for this? How have we got to this point in time? Well, you just take a look in games where a team has drawn 51% of bets on the spread this season. And this comes from the action network. They do the work on this. Those teams are 43 and 61, 43 and 61. When a team has gotten at least 51% of the bets on the season. So how, okay. How, how do you, how does that work? How does that sum it up? So if you're a hundred dollar better, you'd be up approximately $1,400. If you faded the public in all of those games I just mentioned there. You'd be up $1,400 if you faded the public. So what does that mean for week eight of the season? You take a look at some of these lines. So the Ravens, who at one point were one and a half point favorites in tonight's game, 84% as of last night was on the Ravens. Now this is all altered because I said the line movement and now you're sitting where the Bucs are two and a half point favorites here in about what, six minutes before kickoff, but that would be one where you're getting over that criteria of where we've seen the public struggle. So the Jags in their game, 57% of the bets. Some of the bigger ones though, the Dolphins are getting 92% of the bets heading into their game this weekend. Again, doesn't mean just blindly, blindly fade the public. Not, not at all. As I mean, it's, it's, it's not that whatsoever, but it's something to keep in mind a little bit. Uh, when you're taking a look at some of these opportunities. I'll get Matt Peralta's perspective. He's been around this for a while and kind of how he views this trend right now. Some other ones, though, the Bengals, who are playing on Monday Night Football. They'll get the Cleveland Browns. They'll be on the road against Cleveland. You may have seen the news earlier today. Jamar Chase going to miss not just Monday Night's game, but dealing with a hip injury four to six weeks, a big blow uh, to the Cincinnati Bengals. Really haven't seen the futures market, though, uh, being impacted by that. It's not as if all of a sudden uh, the, the market has adjusted thinking Cincinnati can't win the division or any, any sort of uh, change in the conference, AFC conference market, at least not yet. But four to six weeks, significant injury there uh, for Jamar Chase. On their game, where they're three-and-a-half-point favorites, so they were prior to the injury to Jamar Chase, uh, 92% of the bets were on Cincinnati against the Cleveland Browns. So that trend of the betting public, uh, is something to keep an eye on the rest of this NFL season. The betting public off to their worst NFL start in 20 years. Real quick, just another mid-season trend, and I know we're in a 17-game uh, season, an 18-week NFL slate and all that, but we'll just call it the, the mid-season halfway point, if you will. The best against the spread teams right now, Atlanta, who was previously undefeated, but Atlanta after last week is not against Cincinnati, ironically enough, but Atlanta 6-1, and one, and the Giants 6-1 and one against the spread. Those have been the most profitable teams against the spread so far in this 2022 season. On the flip side, two and five teams against the spread, the worst in the league. That'd be your Green Bay Packers, who, of course, are playing the Buffalo Bills. I'll have a play on that game in the Goldilocks. They play the Bills on Sunday night. Carolina, 
New Orleans, Jacksonville, and Denver. And the Jags and Broncos actually play each other in London on Sunday morning. And the Bucks, the Bucks who tonight, I mentioned, uh, they are two-and-a-half-point favorites. We'll see if they can't get to three-and-five against the spread on the season. Up next, though, Matt Peralt of Props.com, host of the Bostonian Verse. The book is going to join me. We'll talk World Series, his favorite bets for that, and his thoughts on what it means with the public so far getting killed to start the NFL season. Back here on That Betting Show here on 610 Sports Radio. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thursday Night Football just underway. It'll be the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Looks like they got the uh, the ball to start the game tonight. We'll be keeping an eye on that as always. As we mentioned we've got our bets for the game. You can hit us up on the J Southland Toe Service text line 913-586-7610. From the 816, there's nothing you can say here to make me think the, make me think the Bucks are a good bet. I'm almost to Hollywood now to put money on the Ravens. Hey man, good luck. Oh, I, I, I hope, I hope you were correct. I obviously hope I'm, I hope I'm correct on that bet there, but good luck tonight heading out to the Hollywood, obviously Barstool Sportsbook. If you're heading out there to make your bet when it comes to that, he also says he is hitting at an 86% clip. Hey, join, join the discord channel and post your picks. Then let's, let's do that. Let me know if you want the discord channel link. We'll likely, we will gladly have you be part of our, our discord channel. That's what it's all about. We're trying to get people that are in Kansas city that like sports betting and, and post your picks in there. Pretty simple. All right, let's go out to the 610 hotline, though, and welcome in uh, someone that we both worked together a couple years back. He's been in Las Vegas long before this even became a state issue for legalizing sports wagering. He is Matt Peralt from Props.com, the host of the Bostonian Verse, the book. Matt, what is going on, man? It's great to talk to you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, long time no talk, my friend. How are things? Good to hear your voice. Yeah, no, things are good. We're, look, everybody here is excited. Finally, uh, the first football season of legalized sports wagering in Kansas. Hopefully, we'll get the Missouri side on board here uh, maybe next calendar year, depending on how all that stuff goes, as you know, with the, the states and everything. But, uh, yeah, this is the, the first full NFL season for everybody. And I wanted to start, though, to see what kind of advice you have when we look and we were just talking about how the public has been getting crushed the first seven weeks of this NFL season. So if someone is in Kansas and they're betting this season, what advice would you give? I mean, you can't just blindly fade the public now. So who is the public is my first question to you, because everybody wants to come up with these ideas that the books actually tell you what numbers they're getting. We assume that they're telling us the truth, but I've been doing this now for six years and I can tell you that the books have no interest and telling you any information that is actionable, meaning you can bet on it. So the numbers you see reported, the numbers that are tweeted out, and the things that you get you know, sent to your inboxes or whatever from all the big brands, they're sending it out for a reason. It's one, an advertisement. Two, it's an enticement for you to go ahead and bet. So the best advice I can give anybody is ignore the noise. Bet what you think. Who cares what the public's on? Who cares what the professionals are on? It doesn't matter. Line movement and the juice you're paying. Those are the two most important things any gambler has to know. What are you buying it at and what number are you betting it at? Other than that, my best advice is to ignore any noise you hear about 95% on one side. Uh, you know, No one has bet the under on this prop. All of that stuff is just noise. You've got to ignore it. We're talking to Matt Peralt of props.com. And the other thing that, that I've noticed too, and we've been talking about on this show the last couple of weeks is you know, everybody of course is well aware of spread total money line and all that, but there, there's 
been more and more traction towards prop bets and, and obviously very fitting for you guys there, props.com, where it seems like that is becoming the more and more popular way of betting. Is that just simply new people coming in that are used to playing fancy football? What, what is the reason behind that? The books don't have people who are good at it yet. Prop <laughs> betting has not become a big thing yet. So the market is soft. A lot of the markets that you'll see that are up for props like tonight on, on Thursday night football, they're automated. The numbers come from a computer. They just look at the past performances and they set a number. If the number has been getting beat, they don't move the number. They move the juice. So you see it, you know, a prop bet like, say, tonight, Lamar Jackson to throw an interception. So it was originally at minus 114 Well, I bet it last night. It's now minus 135, minus 140, minus one. It's not one and a half interceptions. It's still a half of an interception, 0.5 or a yes-no bet. They just move the juice. So the books have very low limits on props. I mean, the public, if you're betting over $100 on a prop, good luck. The most likely you're going to get limited. You're not going to be able to bet that much on a prop, maybe 500 maybe 1000 But they do not take big bets. You never hear of like a $50,000 bet on a prop. They don't want any part right. of that because they know they can get beat in the prop market. So that's why people like it. You're absolutely right. The DFS model, people are accustomed to betting these types of things as what one player will do you know, up against what the projection is. So that helps as well. And, I mean, look, look, DraftKings and FanDuel are the two big ones. Their marketplaces are full of DFS players. So obviously those marketplaces are going to have very big, robust menus. Come here to Vegas. Look what the big books do here. Our prop menu is horrific. You guys have way more things to bet on in the prop market in Kansas than we do in Las Vegas. Let's take a look at this week eight slate. Obviously Thursday night football just underway, but the rest of this week eight slate, I think one of the games now, especially in Kansas city where the chiefs are on a bye week people are kind of looking into is that bills game where it's Sunday night football. Everybody here acknowledges the bills are one of, if not the best team in the NFL and they're 10 and a half or 11, 11 point favorites, depending on where you're getting the number at against the Packers who have looked atrocious so far, but everybody sees Aaron Rodgers as a double digit dog. We know that's never happened. What's your feel on that game? <laughs> Stay as far away from it as possible because we, we don't know what's going to happen in that game. There's so many different variables. Look, the Bills are the best team in football. We know this right now. Now, will they win the championship at the end? Well, they haven't yet, so let's see them do it when it really matters. As you know, Chief fans understand that really well. But I don't know really what Aaron Rodgers is doing here in terms of where he is mentally because if you watch him on Pat McAfee, if you watch him in his interviews with the press and the media, I mean, like he's doing the whole woe is me thing, but – until their defense can stop anybody, I don't know what – I mean, the only bet I would make is bet the Bills team total over. The Bills are going to score. And you just kind of start with Buffalo scoring 30 points, and can the Packers keep up? Most likely not. But in prime time, laying double digits, that's just asking for a backdoor, backbreaking loss if you go down that road. So I think the best way to bet it is just take the, the over on what Buffalo is going to put up, which I think will start around 30 points against that Green Bay defense. The other game would be a reaction to what we saw in Monday Night Football, where the Patriots, of course, got beat up, to say the least, by the Chicago Bears uh, at home. And then now we've got Chicago going on the road again, but to Dallas to take on Dak Prescott on the Cowboys, the second game back for Dak. It's last check, at least at FanDuel, the Bears are nine and a half point dogs here. How do you balance what we saw on Monday night with the best performance of Justin Fields' career, essentially, <laughs> to, to now going on the road again, though, and, and not trying to overreact? People will bet on what their eyes saw the last time a team played, and it's the best thing to fade because the public's going to say, well, look at they came off a of bye week. Justin Fields looked like a competent quarterback. 
but they don't look at the defensive injuries for the Patriots. They don't look at the game plan the Patriots had up against Justin Fields and how many third downs they converted. They're not doing that against Micah Parsons in this Dallas Cowboys defense. Dak is back. Sure, game one didn't look good. I expect him to be much better coming up here in game number two. Look, the Bears just – I know Robert Quinn's not a huge name, but I think it says something about where Chicago thinks they are when they're trading away players for a fourth-round pick and a guy who was a major weapon for them last year. Yeah, people wanted him here. People wanted the Bears to trade him here. Right. So, like, I don't know. And to me, that says to the Bears, the Bears don't think the Bears are very good. Dallas needs this. They're in contention, obviously, and they're running with this, you know, the Giants and the Eagles both. I think it's Dallas big. I, I mean, I know nine and a half points is a lot to lay, but I think the Cowboys are going to kill the Bears. We're talking to Matt Peralta, Props.com, host of the Bostonian versus the book. And we'll get to the World Series, of course, game one tomorrow night here in just a second. But the last on the NFL front for me, Jamar Chase, uh, that injury coming down late this afternoon, going to be out four to six weeks with a hip injury. Some are saying maybe it could be even more serious, but they play Monday night against Cleveland, and it looks like the line has stayed at three and a half. Does that change your view on Cincy both for this game at all on Monday or even bigger picture where it doesn't look like the futures market has changed much on Cincy? No, look, wide receivers don't move the market. That's like one of the dirty little secrets. The only thing that really moves markets is quarterbacks. Like if Patrick Mahomes is out, you're going to see a monster line move. If Joe Burrow would be out, you see a monster line move. But you have to look at it from a bigger picture perspective as to, look, I'm on the Ravens to win the division. So not that I want guys getting hurt, but I I look at the Ravens and go, okay, the Ravens might have a chance to win the division now. And since he might be playing for a wild card, just get Chase healthy, get him back to the postseason and see what you can do with it. So I think in a long term, it's significant. For this weekend, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I do think the Bengals are going to win that game. But I think from a big picture, long term, yeah, I think it does change my outlook on the Bengals. In particular, hips are funky, man. I mean, for a wide receiver to have a hip injury, uh oh, I mean, that's a major red flag to me where it could mean all sorts of things surgery, you know, not being able to cut, not being able to take hits the way you're used to. And without Jamar Chase, that offense is way different. So, uh, yeah, it's a big deal to me. Let's transition to the World Series. Game one tomorrow night down in Houston. It'll be NOLA against Verlander. We know the Astros uh, have been towards the top of the betting market for quite some time this season as one of the favorites to to win the World Series. And then once the Dodgers went down early in that series, uh, then the Astros quickly were in position to be the odds-on favorite. In, in this matchup, how do you approach World Series series pricing throughout the playoffs is one thing, but now where we're down to the final series of the year, do you, you, you game by game is still your, your best bet here? I'm trying to do something where I think the Phillies are hot and I'm going to take the plus money on the Phillies and I'm going to hope the Phillies at some point in this series will lead. We'll be up one game to none, two to one, somewhere on those lines and the number will flip and I'll be able to get plus money on both sides of the world series. And I can just watch the rest of it and not care who wins because I'm going to be profitable (laughs) regardless who wins. Cause I think this is really a toss up series I need to know before I bet game one, I need Major League Baseball to tell me whether the roof is going to be open in Houston or not. I think it's closed, Matt. I thought I saw it today that it's going to be closed. Okay, perfect. Now the under's in play. So I would bet under in game one if, if, the, if the roof's closed and I'm going to hold MLB, hopefully not going to you know, jerk us around like they did last time and decide, oh, yeah, roof's open, biggest game of the year, and none of us know the roof's going to be open, and it changes the entire way the game's played. If the roof's closed, I think you've got a Nola Verlander. I think it's a 3-2 baseball game, one team or the other. I think the under 6.5 is the play in game one. Yeah, I just, for the Phillies, to me, if you're looking at Nola in this series, like I, for their two big studs there in the pitching staff, like I, don't, I don't know how the Phillies can win this series unless you tell me 
they get three out of their four, let's say four starts, right? Three, three, if they win three of those starts that those pitchers, oh, yeah. I just don't know how else the Phillies are going to be able to do it. And it's, it's interesting when I'm looking at even the, the MVP market, is there anybody that stands out for you there? We know Bryce Harper's now the favorite to be the world series MVP at, at, at least FanDuel currently, whereas further down there, we know he's been ice cold in the postseason. but Jose Altuve 13 to one, 14 to one, uh, enough of value there for you to put a little bit on him. Not for me, but I understand the bet. I mean, look, the MVP market, these bets that are made by the media are so hard to bet on because you would anticipate them to do the right thing. And we know in the media, it rarely happens. They rarely do the right thing. So it's always the big shiny object. So if the Phillies win the World Series, who's going to be the MVP? If, I, if Bryce Harper does anything, if he goes, yeah. it's 275, one home run and three RBIs, he's the MVP. If the Astros win it, and say Verlander gets two wins in the series, he's your MVP. If Altuve comes up and goes four for 10 and has three RBIs, he's your MVP. It's just, it's, it's never like this unsung out of left field player, unless somebody comes up with like three home runs in the series out of nowhere. Like we saw with the, with the Rays a while ago with the Rosarina came out of nowhere, knocking five home runs in the series. So unless that happens, we're going to see one of the bright, big-name guys wind up winning it. So it's a really hard market. I don't like betting these markets because of the media influence, but if the Phillies win, it's going to be hard, from, at least on my end, that Bryce Harper doesn't win it. All right, real quick, let's go to college football. We're talking to Matt Peralt of Props.com. Of course, the big noon kickoff, the big game of the weekend. you got Ohio State, number two in the country, taking on number 13, Penn State. Ohio State down to 14.5-point favorites. It was up to 16.5, it looked like, earlier on in the week. The total for this game at 60.5. I don't know if you have a play on this game or not, or do you just think, hey, Penn State hasn't seen anything like Ohio State so far this year? Look, this is a bet for your audience for the rest of the football season, okay? Ohio State... Team total over. It's been one of the more profitable bets in the entire college football season. Penn State is not stopping Ohio State. The only way Penn State is even close to being in this game, if we got a game in the 40s and somehow Ohio State forgets how to play defense. I think Ohio State kills Penn State, but the safer play, just in case there's something crazy with you know, Happy Valley and a home, home crowd and whatnot, is Penn State's defense is not stopping Ohio State. That team total is going to fly over. It may not be up yet at your book, but just wait. It's probably going to be somewhere around 38, 38 and a half for Ohio State. They're getting 40. Team total Ohio State over, but I do think they win and cover that line. I love it. Yeah, I was trying to, I, we'll, we'll see. I don't know if it's up yet, but that's something for, for everybody listening here uh, on 610 to keep an eye on uh, tonight and obviously tomorrow as well. Real quick, the last one, I saw you guys were talking about this on, on your show uh, there with props.com, and it had to do with uh, the Big Ten showdown between Northwestern and Iowa. Uh, the total 37 and a half, and I know uh, you guys were discussing whether or not something was up here. Would all of a sudden this number just get bet down on Friday and stuff? Do you still think there's a chance that this thing gets lower than 37 and a half? It opened at 31 and a half. This is the most insane. This is the lowest opener of a non-military academy total that we have seen in years. This number going up made no sense to me. So I said, Dave Sherapin is my co-host on the Boston versus the book. We also do a show in Eastern Iowa up there in radio up there in, in, in Iowa City, actually. And we are going to be all over this game talking about I think this is a professional head fake, meaning they're trying to get to the number where they want. Because in the beginning of – just real quick, the beginning part of the week, the books have lower limits. They don't take as big of bets. So on a Monday or a Tuesday, they're going to take 1000 to $2,000 max. Once we get to Friday, 
and Saturday morning, they open up to 10,000, 25,000, 50,000, depending upon who actually wants to bet in what book is taking the action. This game's going under. Like 37 and a half is going under. If this game gets to 30 points total, I might be surprised. I mean, this game is going to be an absolute bore fest. I don't care if I was coming off of a bye week. They can't score on anybody. As long as we don't get a defensive touchdown from the Hawkeyes defense, under 37 and a half is absolutely going to hit in my mind. Matt Peralt, kind enough to give us some time here tonight on that betting show. Check out his work and their work over at props.com. He's the host of the Bostonian Verse, the book as well. Great to talk to you, Matt. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. Anytime. There you go. Matt Peralt here on that betting show. Really good insight. Uh, keep an eye on that, that team total for the Ohio State game when that becomes available as well. We've got some action on Thursday night football. Nice start for one of our bets in particular. We'll get an update on Thursday night football. We'll talk some more about one of the big bets and what's on the line for the World Series. And, of course, we'll wrap up the show with the goalie locks as well. Still to come here on that betting show. Back here on that betting show. Thanks again to Matt Peralt of props.com for giving us some great insight on world series game one tomorrow night, college football weekend, the big one between Ohio state and Penn state. And of course the rest of the NFL slate as well. Thursday night football, about five minutes to go in the first quarter. It's the bucks with the early seven, three league. Congrats to those that had an anytime touchdown or a first touchdown bet for Leonard Fournette. It was Lenny getting in the end zone to open things up for the Tampa Bay Bucks. And uh, fortunate to be up 7-3 as the, after forcing a punt, the Bucks muffed their punt and set up the Ravens inside what was that, about the 8-yard line, 10-yard line or so, and the Ravens had to settle for a Justin Tucker field goal. That made it 3-0 Ravens, and then the Bucks just marched down for a touchdown to make it 7-3. The Bucks also just now forced a punt for the Ravens, so a nice start at least very, very early on in the game uh, for the Bucks minus 1.5. They closed at minus uh, 2.5 against Tampa Bay. We'll get to the Goldilocks for the weekend uh, coming up in about 10 minutes or so. That's how we always wrap up the show, um, but I, I wanted to to touch more on the World Series a little bit. And I was asking Matt about uh, perhaps betting on the MVP. And he, he got us some, some good ex- perspective on just how the MVP market works. We've talked about this for the NFL, where the tricky part about that is, yeah, in the NFL, it's what, 53 media members are voting on the MVP award. And so a lot of time you get a, a ton of like group think going on and that just the momentum and it's hard to overcome when you're looking at awards that are voted on by the media. He says kind of the same thing happens for the World Series MVP. But I'll just tell you where the market's at right now, and I'll just looking at FanDuel. So Bryce Harper is the, the favorite to be the 2022 World Series MVP, and I thought he made a great point where it is because of that thought process. If the Phillies win the World Series, it is hard to imagine. Tell me anybody, unless Kyle Schwarber just starts hitting home runs left and right during the World Series. It is hard to imagine that if you think the Phillies are winning the World Series or have a decent chance to do so, Bryce Harper at five to one that does make sense. It's hard to imagine the Phillies winning the World Series without Bryce Harper being the kind of the reason for that and certainly getting the notoriety. On the flip side, then the next best odds is Jordan Alvarez for the Astros, who of course has come up with some huge hits this postseason, including Game One back during the uh, I guess it would have been the ALDS against the Mariners, where he hit that they were going to lose Game One. The Mariners are going to win Game One, and Alvarez hit a walk off three run home run and really set the tone. Uh, for that series in particular. And so he's plus 650. Justin Verlander is 10 to 1. I think it's pretty obvious uh, there, and he's going to get the game one start, and he has been fantastic here in the postseason. And then I get it gets interesting on the value plays. You know, I mentioned Kyle Schwarber at 13 to 1. 
Jose Altuve at 13 to one is one that just, I can't help myself. It, it's hard for me not to want to, and I haven't put any money on it yet, sprinkle a little bit of money on Altuve to win the World Series MVP. He has been awful in the postseason. I mean, ice cold. I think 11 strikeouts. He's hitting what? Uh, under Was it .87? Something, something like that. I mean, he's, he's batting under 100. He's been awful. He looks lost at the plate. So you're like, well, why would you want to play money? Because weird things happen in the World Series, all right? And we know the type of player that he is. It's not He didn't have a bad regular season. He's been ice cold in the postseason. I think it's still worth a little bit of a sprinkle on Altuve because it's 13 to 1. Because if for some reason in game one the Astros win and Altuve ends up with a game-winning RBI or is two for three or somehow gets hot in that game, suddenly that 13 to 1 is long gone. And he's jumping down to what? Seven to one, maybe? Maybe it's cut in half. So that's kind of my thought process there. I, I think before tomorrow night's game, I'll end up. Sp- I don't have a World Series bet in yet, I'll, I'll be honest, but I, I bet you by the time we get to first pitch tomorrow night down in Houston between the Phillies and Astros, I will. I'll probably put a little bit on Altuve, and I'm definitely going to put some money on Alvarez. I also just think the Astros are winning this series. And those of you that have followed the start of this show or a midday show that I do with Cody here on 610, I've got an Astros World Series ticket. And it's not a, it's not it's not for a huge amount of money. It's Astros at four to one. It's nothing crazy. Um, so I'm obviously rooting for the Astros too uh, to win this series. And I haven't hedged. And I don't think I'm going to hedge uh, the bet. It's not a it, frankly, it's not a big enough win that I would consider hedging. I don't have thousands and thousands of dollars potentially. That'd be a whole different story uh, to to win off of that. But it, a couple hundred bucks, basically, if the Astros win the World Series at a four to one price that I got uh, in August. Let's see, would have been late August or so. So that's that's for tomorrow night in the World Series. I saw some people already in our Discord channel for that betting show talking about the World Series. And again, if you guys are listening and you've heard me mention the Discord channel, and you're wondering what that is. It's just a really fun, free place where everybody else uh, that is really into betting is kind of talking. And most people are from the Kansas City area. Uh, we've, we've got people in there from day one. Some new people have been joining as well. If you want to join the Discord channel, just hit me up on the text line right here at 610-913-586-7610. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Alex Gold, at 610SportsKC, and I'll send you the link. I did that to a couple people uh, earlier on today, and people are posting their picks. Everybody's trying to help each other out. Maybe you've seen some line movement. Maybe you saw a certain promo, a certain boost that everybody should be aware of. Uh, we could also all be disappointed in our bad beats together. Like that's kind of That's kind of what goes down. Uh, on the Discord channel. So feel free to join on that. And if you want to, just let me know and I will give you a link for that. But I wanted to talk about a really cool story down in Houston. By now, I think most of you, if you're in the betting community at least, have heard about Mattress Mac and these crazy bets that he makes down there. And he's going to continue to get more and more headlines. He's four wins away from a $75 million payout. It would be the largest recorded payout in legal sports betting history. And he owns a furniture store down in Houston called Gallery Furniture. I lived down there for a couple of years. This guy is very philanthropic. He's you know built a elementary school on his own dime down there. I mean, this guy has been pretty amazing for the community. Back when uh, they had Hurricane Harvey, uh, he welcomed people into his furniture stores to to sleep in the stores and all this. Like he's been been pretty amazing for the Houston com- community. Well liked, loved down in Houston, and he does these promotions where. And he's done this for a couple of years. And this year, hey, if the Astros, he's in Houston, if the Astros win the World Series, you get your, you know, your furniture for free and things like that. And he continues to run these promos. And uh, he's become known for that outside of Houston. Inside Houston, he's known for, as I mentioned, some of the things he's done. But outside, he's become known as this guy that he's going to do these promos and he essentially hedges against the insurance policy. That's his insurance policy. 
uh, for the furniture. So whereas he's going to have to give away millions and millions of dollars of the furniture if the Astros win the World Series, well, he's four wins away from winning $75 million. He's got $10 million on the Astros to win the World Series. So he's four wins away. And I, I was listening to an interview even today where he kept the promotion going. I think he finally stopped it on Monday. And now they're already past the li- $75 million worth of liability. So it just tells you how much, if the Astros win, how much free furniture this dude's going to hand out. But again, he's obviously got the money, but also he's going to cash back $75 million as well. But um, that's, that's pretty cool, uh, the story that continues to go out there every time. I know some people are like, oh, I'm sick of the whole Mattress Mac thing. Again, I think, I think overall he's been pretty amazing for the Houston area. And on the sports betting stories, it's, it's pretty wild to, to see uh, how he continues to, uh, to do that. Last year, I think he did something where you could bet on who would win the NCAA uh, championship for college basketball. And so I, there was a video where Bill Self went down to Houston for some other event, but he met Mac because that was people that if you were KU alums in Houston and you bought furniture there and you, you pick you know, the KU as your team, you obviously got your furniture for free. So anyway, that's just uh, something that usually happens with him. Coming up next, though, we'll get to our Goldilocks for the weekend. We were 4-0 in the NFL, 3-1 in college football last weekend. We'll keep this momentum going next. All right, back here on that betting show. Thursday night football into the first quarter. The Bucks with a 10-3 lead. They just added a Ryan Suckup field goal. Lamar Jackson just got sacked by Vita Vea as well. Nice start for the Tampa Bay Bucks and for our Bucks minus one and a half bet as well. But it is that time of the show. We get to the Goldilocks from the weekend. We were 3-1 and one in college football last week, 4-1 and one in the NFL. We're 21-14 uh, and 14 in college football on our official Goldilocks, 18-10 and 10 in the NFL. So, Hopefully we can get some momentum going here after a nice weekend. Let's start with college football a game that actually is going to start in about an hour out in the West Coast. Pac-12, Utah minus seven at Washington State. This thing starts at nine o'clock. The Utes coming off a really, really nice win against USC. And this offense uh, for Utah has been pretty explosive as of late. 26 or more points in each game this season. They've hit 32 or more in each of their last six outings. On the flip side, you got the Cougs there for Washington State. They've scored just 24 points combined over the last two weeks. And they just, uh, against Oregon State, gave up points in every quarter in the 24-10 loss. So I like Utah to cover the seven points against Washington State. How about the Big Ten? Illinois minus seven and a half at Nebraska. Believe it or not, the fighting Illini, they're number one in the country in scoring defense. Probably not something you would have thought. They only give up around nine points, just under nine points per game this season and average scrimmage yards allowed sit around 221. They have a fantastic rushing attack and runner, the nation's top rusher, as a matter of fact, and Chase Brown. I like Illinois to win considerably uh, and comfortably against Nebraska here. The Cornhuskers have also lost 19 straight against top 25 teams. Again, we need more than a win. We need a cover of seven and a half points. Ohio State, we talked about this with Matt Peralt. Ohio State minus 14 and a half. I do think they're going to blow out Penn State as well. The Nittany Lions simply just have not seen an offense like this, like Ohio State. That includes Michigan from a, what, a week ago, I guess that game. Was that last weekend? I guess it was. Where it was 41-17. I, I, I think Ohio State is going to run all over Penn State. Last college one for you in the Goldilocks. How about Georgia in the SEC? Minus 22 and a half against Florida. It is a huge number. Both teams have had two weeks to get ready for this one. So it's not like one team's had some more time. Both are coming off the bye week here. Georgia is just throttling opponents, outscoring them 292 to 64. And I don't think if you're Florida, you've 
shown us you can win on the road, let alone hang on the road. This is only their second game this year outside of Gainesville. I like Georgia, minus 22 and a half. On to the NFL for the Goldilocks. How about the Las Vegas Raiders? Minus one and a half on the road against the Saints. This is Andy Dalton in the Saints. They announced that he will be the starting quarterback. I don't think we'll see Jameis Winston uh, be a starter heading into a season again. Maybe he gets a spot start uh, later in his career or even later this season. Some trends here. The Saints have lost six of their last eight at home. Lost five of their last six overall. The Raiders, though, they've lost six of their last ten on the road. Something has to give here. I think the Raiders are the better team. They're one of the better offenses in the league. And all four of their losses have been by one possession. And that Saints defense, not exactly the same old Saints defense. I like the Raiders minus one and a half. Uh, Let's go to Sunday Night Football. Green Bay plus 11 at Buffalo. I understand the Bills are laying 11 points for a reason. They are dominant, the best, maybe second best team in football. We've seen them head-to-head here in Kansas City. Aaron Rodgers has 234 consecutive starts without being a double-digit dog. That's going to change. That's the longest streak from the start of a quarterback's career in NFL history. I mentioned underdogs this season, 62-45-1 against the spread. I will take Aaron Rodgers getting 11 points on the road in Buffalo. How about Washington? The Commanders, plus three at Indy. Taylor Heineke, I think, makes the Commanders better. They will line issues they got there. I think he's better suited for that issue right now. He's getting the ball to their best playmaker, Terry McLaurin. Sam Ellinger getting the start for the Colts. Matt Ryan benched. It's not as if he had a long bye week or anything to get ready for it either. I like Washington plus three. And lastly, the Carolina Panthers plus four and a half. It was plus six and a half earlier in the week. Hopefully, maybe you got a chance to get that. They're taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Carolina coming off a win against the uh, the Bucks outright. The story for them has been the running game. Yeah, P.J. Walker actually looked good last week, but the running game. Chuba Hubbard ran nine times for 63 yards and a touchdown. Dr. Foreman carried the ball 15 times for a buck 18. The Falcons can't pass the ball. I don't think they're going to have much success offensively against Carolina. I think Carolina could win back-to-back games. Yes, back-to-back games in the NFC South and be in position still to somehow be in the mix for the division. They're not not going to at the end of it, but that's how crazy the NFL is. I like Carolina plus four and a half points. Thanks for everybody hanging out with us tonight here on That Betting Show. If you missed any bit of the show, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. That Betting Show, it's right there. Pretty simple. Leave us a review on there if you could as well. We're back at it next Thursday night from 7 to 8. Up next, it is the Chris Kleinman Show right here on 610 Sports Radio. That Betting Show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.